0: Live from the first Midwest Bank studio on State Street, this is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. This is Under
1: the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Jonathan
2: Hood, WMVP Chicago. This is Under the Hood. Listen
1: to me. Under the Hood podcasts are available now on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Available on your device now. This is
2: ESPN 1000,
0: Chicago's home for sports. Chicago's college tailgate on ESPN 1000.
1: Steps to the tackle, breaks a second, breaks a third. Sanders with a top, and Sanders on the run. Got a block. Oh, what a touchdown run. Think it's time to have for-
0: I think it's time to let go. Jonathan, Adam, and Chris.
1: Brewer rolling out to his right. Oh, big time hit oh, by Garrett Waller. Chicago's college tailgate. Blitz off the edge. Frank doesn't see it. The ball's
0: out. Is the turnover chain going to make an appearance? I
1: thought i let you all know. Lobs it in the air. Oh! think it's time to let go. What a touchdown! It's time to the Tigers reclaim their crown by crushing Alabama. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at
0: ESPN 1000 CCT. Chicago's College Tailgate, Saturday afternoons on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN it's app. Ah, that sounds like fall. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood here on ESPN 1000, the brand-new ESPN Chicago app as we do our NFL Draft Preview. Yes, there is a college football show here on ESPN 1000. It's hosted by yours truly, Chris Bleck and Adam Abdallah. And they are with me here on ESPN 1000. Chris, thanks for joining me.
1: Jonathan, what's going on? I'm excited for the NFL Draft, one of my favorite days of the year heading into the weekend. I can't wait to see who's moving up, who's moving down, and what quarterbacks go where
0: my sec brother adam abdallah what's up brother
2: jonathan you know me i got five screens ready i got four <laughs> on the draft two on on another old sec game watching alabama beat up on arkansas i know that six screens i said five that's just sec math <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly right
0: <laughs> chris let me make sure i got it right with the schedule um you two are going to be on saturday with the draft uh wrap up right
1: well, yeah, and uh, Saturday from uh, 2.30 to 6. So we'll be on during the 6th and 7th rounds mm-hmm. um, of the NFL draft on Saturday as things wrap up, but also looking back at what the Bears do in the second round with their two picks at 43 and 50, and obviously talking about the fallout from what we see tomorrow night in the first round as well.
0: So, Adam, let's, let's start here. Tell me who was the best player you saw in college football last year.
2: Ooh, the best player I saw was probably Joe Burrow, just from what he did from an offensive standpoint. You know, I know a lot of people will say, you know, they'll go with, you know, with the safety or with something like that or with a corner. Um, But other than that, I think that Joe Burrow, obviously he won the Heisman. I think what he did now, he only did it in one year because if you look back and you look and try to see what he did uh, the year before in 2018, not as great, obviously. Joe Brady comes in changes that offensive system, leaves right away, goes to be the offensive coordinator of the Panthers, but Joe Burrow, the show he put on for one year in that one, not seeing his entire college career, but if you just look at that one year for 2019, he was the best player.
0: Uh, Chris, same question. The best player you saw in college football last year?
1: Yeah, it's tough to go against Joe Burrow just because of the show that he put on last year, and I know uh, throughout the college football season, we usually have a segment each and every week, the Heisman Opal, and and we kind of take into account everyone up for the Heisman Trophy. It's like by the time we got to week seven, it was almost like we would get to the segment and look at each other and say, well, what's the point? Joe Burrow's going to win this. It was almost disappointing that Tua law got hurt when he did because based on the stats and what we were kind of expecting for the rest of the season, the final month of the year, we kind of thought Tua would make a maybe late push. Joe Burrow was clearly the best player in college football. And number two – would have to be Chase Young because in that Heisman conversation, for the extent of the season, Chase Young was in the conversation as a defensive end, and usually we don't see that in college football. So I would go Joe Burrow 1, Chase Young 2.
0: Chris, Adam, Jonathan Hood with you. It's a special edition of Chicago's College Tailgate right here on ESPN 1000. You can follow uh, our show in the fall uh, at ESPN1000CCT. So if you're on Twitter, ESPN1000CCT is where you go. Chris, it's funny that you mentioned Tua because I, I, I'm just not sure with the different reports we hear from Tua whether or not Tua will be ready to go when the season starts or not. I don't. You hear one story that uh, he hasn't run a 40 times. So you don't know how fast he is. And on the other side, it's like, well, we don't know whether or not he had a broken metatarsal or not. I, I'm really confused about the reports we're hearing. I just know that he is a terrific uh, quarterback that we saw in Alabama. So where do you place Tua amongst the best quarterbacks we're going to see on the next level?
1: Well, you know, when we look at the guys heading into the draft this year, obviously the conversation at the top of the board is between Joe Burrow, Tua, and Justin Herbert. You know, to answer your question – What we're going to see from Tua at the next level, I think people are underestimating and they're relying too heavily on the being worried about the injury situation. And this is why we have modern medicine today. Athletes recover much quicker than they used to. And I get it. He had a severe injury this last year at Alabama. But so did Deshaun Watson at Clemson. You know, quarterbacks get injured. Players get injured in college football. And they have very productive NFL careers. And I feel like there's a lot of smoke that's been out, especially in the last week and a half. And I think a lot of that is people putting out disinformation to hope that Tua falls. And I think that's where you're going to see teams jumping up into the top 10 trying to get a player like this. Because if you go watch the highlights, if you watch them play in college football, Tua does things that other quarterbacks don't do. Right? His elusiveness in the pocket while keeping his head, looking downfield, moving and manipulating defenders with his eyes, and then making that throw, the out throw, making a throw to a guy who he manipulated the safety off of. Those are all things that we don't see other college quarterbacks do. And I think just saying that, well, the medicals don't look good, we're not interested. I think a lot of that is smoke, and a lot of that is something to not actually be too concerned about. And like, Listen, if he gets hurt as a rookie and never plays in the NFL, I'll be wrong. But if he turns out to be the next Drew Brees, I would rather ride with something like that than being petrified of drafting the next great player.
0: Adam, same question about Tua. Uh, How close can Tua be to Burrow on the next level? If you believe Burrow is the best in college, can Tua be the best out of this group?
2: I think if he's 100% healthy, then yeah. He can be as good, if not better, than Joe Burrow you know why because we saw it for more than one year we saw it every time he set step on stepped onto the field he was putting up great numbers I mean just if you take it without the injury we talked about it Chris mentioned it we were doing the Heisman watch and it was always oh Tua Joe Burrow and then the year before that it was Tua Kyler Murray and then what happened each year he got hurt so he wasn't able to finish the season healthy he wasn't able to you know play in those last few games and those guys stepped up and eventually went on to win the Heisman. If you look at some of the stats, you know, look at some of the stats that, that translate to the NFL completion percentage, 20 yards down, 20 plus yards downfield. He was third in college football inside the pocket QBR. He was first in college football, 11 to between 11 yards and 20 yards downfield, second in college football, QBR when blitzed and when pressured second in, uh, in college football. So he's got the staff to go along with all the crazy plays that we would see on SportsCenter center for those that didn't watch as closely as we do. But ultimately, you look at the system that Alabama was running, and the same with, you know, Joe Burrow. They're running professional systems. Like this is this, these are the systems that are successful in in the NFL right now. So as long as he's healthy, why wouldn't he be as good or better than Joe Burrow? It's all dependent on the health. You know, if he gets out there and he can't come, you know, get over this uh, the hip injury, then all is lost. But ultimately, if he goes in and everybody clears him and he's healthy and he has no setbacks, then he could be just as good.
0: Chris Black and Adam Abdallah with me, Jonathan Hood. We are Chicago's College Tailgate. We do our college football show in the fall right here on ESPN 1000. Follow the show at ESPN 1000 CCT. Adam, as we take a look at the wide receivers, right at the top is Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, two wide receivers that were great for the Crimson Tide. What did you remember most about their time in college, and what are your expectations for them on the next level?
2: I think they'll be two of the better wide receivers in uh, out of the out of these rookies, obviously. Uh, I think that you know Jerry Judy was the best wide receiver out of the two of them. Rugs was faster, but I think Judy has the the next, the ability to be better on the next level. Ruggs will beat your guy, but as far as route running, all that Jerry Judy was the man. That's the other knock on Tua. You know, we're talking about these wide receivers. Well, the reason there are detractors of Tua Tungabailoa is because of how good these wide receivers are. These guys, 50-50 balls weren't 50-50 for these guys. These guys were winning every matchup. These guys were, were outrunning people. And a lot, of, a lot of times when Tua would make things happen outside of the pocket, it was these guys that are breaking free off of their matchups to be able to get open and score as many points as they did. You know, you look at the this, this system that Sarkeesian was running, it really helped Tua, but it also helped these wide receivers because that's why they're looked at so high. Besides, you know, it's out of the top three, if you look at McShay's rankings right now on ESPN.com, he's got Jerry Judy one, CeeDee Lamb out of Oklahoma two, and Henry, Henry Ruggs three. It's because that these college systems are now running systems that are going to play into the NFL, and that helps these guys a lot.
0: Chris, I didn't even text you this about Michael Pittman, so I might as well just talk to you on the air while I got you about Michael Pittman, the wide receiver for USC. As you well know, the Bears are going to be in need of a wide receiver. I don't know where in this draft, but they're going to, because there is a run on quality wide receivers in this upcoming draft, what do you think of Michael Pittman for your Trojans?
1: Well, yeah, he had a really successful college career at USC. And, and Jonathan, I've seen a couple mock drafts at 43 for the Bears their first pick in the second round, or even at 50, their second pick in the uh, second round, and maybe the Bears select Michael Pittman. So here, here's kind of the breakdown of Pittman. He is a big wide receiver, large frame. He has the ability to make catches in traffic. He's not a speedster, but he's a guy that can high point the ball. He's a guy for possessions. He is, uh, at USC, he was one of my favorite players of the course of the last couple of years just because he was reliable. The ball went his way. He made the catch. He scored touchdowns. And he's one of those wide receivers that uh, I don't know if there's a specific stat for it, but you know, the play where the wide receiver catches the ball and then a defender goes at him, like at his legs. And he does the get off me push. Mm -hmm. And he can just push someone's face into the dirt and continue running. That's what Michael Pittman had at USC. So, so if the bears do find a way to land someone like Pittman now, I don't know if it would be smart to take him at 43, but if the Bears got him at 50. I would be all about that because I think he would be a great addition next to Allen Robinson on the wide receiver core.
0: Chris, I mentioned in hour number one that this is the biggest draft that Pace has ever had because it's pretty clear to all three of us. Anytime that you're just throwing money at free agency, that means that you've made some mistakes in the draft because you want to be able to have uh, draft picks that can pay dividends for your team right away so you can plug and play, so you don't have to worry about paying through the nose for you know, for players uh, this past offseason, but the Bears did that. So when you take a look at this draft, when you take a look at what the Bears have done, is there's uh, an immediate need that could be able to step in right away and help this team?
1: Yeah, and you know, Jonathan, the way I look at it for Ryan Pace is he needs two starting players with those two picks in the second round. If he doesn't get two starters out of the two picks that he has in the second round, this team is dead in the water. And, you know, I I think to answer your question immediately, I would look at cornerback and offensive line. Uh, I know wide receiver is a need. I know safety is a need. I think we can all agree a quarterback for the future is a need. Those are three things that all have to take place. But I could see him drafting an offensive line player who could immediately start. And then also a cornerback to be opposite what we have Kyle Fuller, because now with Prince Amukamura moving on, that's a major hole on this defense that I'm worried about. I don't feel like enough people in town have really talked about that, but a part of the success level of the defense in the past couple of years is that Amukamura and Fuller have been so good on the defensive side of the ball. I feel like cornerback is a need that if Ryan Pace can draft well and find someone here in the second round, that's a guy who could be a day one starter along with an offensive line type player.
0: Adam, same question about it, you know, is there a day one starter in this draft based on the Bears draft position that could be productive right away? Because if you're pace, you need that. You, you you threw some money in free agency, sure, but there's still some holes in this depth chart.
2: I think I think you gotta go safety because mm-hmm. you've got to replace, you know, so much of that defense that's gone if you're going for a day one starter. Now, I agree with Chris. You need a quarterback for the future because, you know, uh, Mitch is not the guy. We've all seen what, we've, what Mitch can be. And Nick Foles, the way his contract has worked out, if he goes out and lights it up, he's going to opt out. And I don't know if the, the Bears have the cap space to pay him in, in after next season. But Ryan Paces knows he needs to win now. So I don't think you're going to get someone uh, at the corner or the safety position that's that high up. People have been saying, you know, oh, maybe you can get Grant Delpit. Maybe you can get someone like that. But I think that those guys would be gone earlier. So I'm looking at if you need to move up for Grant Delpit, I know that Ryan Pace has done that in the past. You can because after that, the bottom kind of falls out on the safety position. If you want to try to get a corner, you can maybe – a lot of these guys might be still be available. A.J. Terrell out of Clemson was really good. Uh, Jalen Johnson out of Utah had a really good season. I don't know if those guys are going to be around because if you look at all the reports, there could be a run on tackles now in the first five picks of the draft. Like We have no idea how this draft is going to shake out, but I think he goes corner safety with that first pick to get a day one starter. I don't want him to go tight end. I know that you know a few mock drafts have, have the Bears taking Cole Komet out of Notre Dame. We've seen what he is. It's a bad tight end class this year. You're not getting, you know, uh, I don't think you're getting a, a good day one starter in the tight end position. I wouldn't want him to see go to go wide receiver uh, at 43, maybe at 50, like Chris said. But you need to go corner or safety. And you know what? If he goes, if he goes quarterback, if Jalen's there and Jalen Hurts is there at 43, I would be happy with him taking that because I think you also need the plan for the future. You know, if you look at the draft next year, guys, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. We all know it's going to be Justin Fields as the second overall quarterback. And then what? What are you you going to sell me on? Is going to be your quarterback of the future? If neither of these guys work out, are you going to get a Kellen Mond? Are you going to get KJ Costello? Are you going to get Sam Ellinger? These guys aren't, you know, day one starter type quarterbacks that the Bears are going to have to rely on if neither of Trubisky or Nick Foles works out this season
0: special edition of chicago's college tailgate here on espn 1000 with chris black and adam abdallah don't forget those these two will be on saturday at 2 30 i'll be on after them as a matter of fact on saturday but 2 30 on saturday they will be able to go through oh yeah oh yeah CCTs. we're just the warm up
2: we're just the warm up <laughs> we're, the, we're the lounge singers at the beginning as you know telling people to tip their waitresses and their bartenders
0: the national presence of jonathan hood giving you the breakdown uh on saturday right after chris and adam uh again they are on at 230 right here on esp 1000 with draft coverage okay adam so you know you know where i'm going next so which which player that you saw last year that's going to be in this draft do you say uh i i don't see on the next level i'll start first and then i want you to go so i don't see it with justin herbert
2: Oh, agree. I just,
0: I, I just, I just, I don't see it. I we're just, green. I it's just too, too. We agree. <laughs> I, I, I just think that it is. I just think it's too inconsistent that I saw from him. I saw a touchdown and then a throw at someone's ankles. I saw a great pro play, a great throw to a tight end to a wide receiver. The next play, he turned it over. I, I don't see what Herbert, and of course, you know me as a Georgia guy, I don't see it with Fromm. Uh, you know, I just, I don't think, I think Fromm will be drafted. I think he'll be a, ba- a nice backup for someone who could be a game manager, but I just don't see it from either one of those two as far as really taking a step like a Tua or, or, or a Burrow or Jalen Hurts on the next level.
2: Completely agree with you. Uh, I'll address both those guys. To me, they're two completely different guys. Jake Fromm is a game manager. You want a dude, you want a good backup that's not going to come in and screw it up. That's fine. Take Jake Fromm. You want who I think might be the next Jay Cutler with some bad throws, it could be Justin Herbert. If you look at his start from 2017, 2018, 2019, he doesn't get any better. Yes, he had a he had uh, 50% more touchdowns in 2017 and 2018. He also only played half the games and was playing in like garbage time. So he played and threw half as many att- attempts and completions so he's never actually gotten better he went from 15 touchdowns with half the performance 29 touchdowns with a full performance here and then 32 touchdowns he didn't have a lot of interceptions only six interceptions last year but a lot of poorly thrown balls like you mentioned Jonathan that could turn into interceptions could turn the ball over you know a third down incompletion might be just as bad as a turnover in some uh, uh some situations right so You've got to look at it. I just haven't seen enough growth from Justin Herbert to warrant why people are considering taking him over Tua. Yes, the floor might not be as bad because of the injury concerns with Tua, but the ceiling on Tua is so many stories higher than – it's like when you go into like a neighborhood and they start building up all the buildings around it. There's that one house in the middle that won't budge. That, to me, is Justin Herbert. He just won't budge. He hasn't gotten any better over three years of college, and I don't think he's or four years of college, and I don't think he's ever going to. Well,
0: who's your guy, Adam? You want you want to just take two minutes on Chase Claypool and tell
2: me he's not going to be good?
0: What do, what do, no, who do you know? Like, well, I mean, it?
2: look, that, your that's your Problem is, I can't tell you that like, oh, Cole Komet's not going to be great if you take him as like the first uh, tight end taken because he's just a blocker and okay, he can catch all right, I guess, but like. There's not, I, it was, this is a very deep wide receiver group like we've talked about. Like, I'm not going to break down offensive tackle play and be like, this guy doesn't have as good a moves or whatever. I don't like his hand technique. It's the quarterbacks. We analyze quarterbacks. That's what we do. I don't see it from Justin Herbert. He's the one guy that I think is overrated in this draft. And I might be wrong. But from what I've seen watching him play, and I'm always on that late night West Coast Creek trying to chase. And he has cost me over and over again. Uh, And because not because of that, but I just haven't seen it with him. He's just okay; Like he's good. He's good enough to not lose you games. But ultimately, his turnovers and his poorly thrown football uh, might not might translate to more interceptions on on the next level.
0: Chris, who's the guy in that we saw last year that may just not resonate on the next level for you?
1: Well, I think you guys both nailed it. It it is Justin Herbert. And, you know, if you look at the stats and what you kind of find is that in Oregon's offense, they threw a lot of screen passes. So his completion percentages and the way they move the ball downfield is inflated based on the short passes he makes. I heard Joel Klatt earlier today say that the problem with Herbert is that he has no finesse. He doesn't throw the ball. He just, I mean, he doesn't pass it. He just throws it as hard as he can. And and I also know that last week we had Brett Coleman on our show and he told us that the person that Justin Herbert reminds him of is Mitchell Trubisky because yeah, he has a hell of an arm, but he can't place it. He can't, he can't lead guys into spots. And that's what being a quarterback in the NFL is all about is being able to fit it into tight windows and to maximize the ability to kind of influence the defense to, to your ability to win. And so, I think Justin Herbert's a guy. I would also point out that, like, I think it's pretty important to kind of follow what happens with Jordan Love from Utah State. Obviously, last year, not as successful of a year that we saw the year before. He had 20 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, and he can make all the throws. But the, the thing is, he's going to be drafted higher than expected because everyone thinks he could be the next Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, it, it's kind of what we saw in the NBA with Stephen Curry, And then we see with Trey Young. Everyone thought Trey Young was automatically going to be the next Steph Curry. Can Jordan Love, can a team in the NFL take Jordan Love and turn him into the next Patrick Mahomes? And I think what we'll realize after the fact, and it's kind of how this stuff always works, is that we'll get to a point in the future and we'll look back and say, oh yeah, by the way, there's only one Stephen Curry, just like there's only one Patrick Mahomes. And and whoever drafts Jordan Love, if they reach – will be disappointed. Now, if you're a team in the second round and Jordan Love falls to you, I can see that working out in your benefit. I've even seen mock drafts suggesting that Jordan Love falls to the Lions in the second round. Mm -hmm. And if I'm a Bears fan, that's something that would really concern me because if the Lions get another quarterback who possibly could be working out, that would be a problem. But I think it's those two quarterbacks. It's Herbert and Love. Those are the two I'm keeping my eyes on.
0: Chris, I don't remember. Were we betting Utah State football last year? I don't think. Maybe oh, once. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, we... there,
1: there, there was definitely a Utah State game on the board.
0: <laughs> I just, I just think that's a reach. Like, I, I would consider like Eason from Washington better, a better project than Love. I think sometimes these these reporters and pundits like to be able to try to kind of twist and kind of kind of look with a keen eye, saying, "Oh, Jordan Love, he could be this." And I always always look at the competition as well. Like, I like Eason, I like Hertz, I like uh, Tua, obviously, I like Joe Burrow. But sometimes there's some people just like to try to twist and say, oh, you know, it's, it's Utah State, you know, they, the West Coast creep, yeah, he's going to be great. But I don't know that for sure. I have no idea. Yeah,
1: yeah Jonathan, going back through my notes, I believe you had a pick of up- Utah State uh minus the points against Stony Brook on ah. September the seventh. Uh <laughs> and they covered. Uh so you, you get that one. They won sixty two to seven. I see. Okay.
0: <laughs> well thank you for that, for the copious yeah, yeah. notes. I appreciate yeah, yeah.
2: that. Adam, it's <laughs> the quality, Adam, the quality <laughs> late night creep right there. <laughs> well,
0: thank you very much, Adam. Lastly, uh, anything else that stands out to you about this draft? You know, we have not talked about the running backs, and there's a reason. We always focus on the quarterbacks and wide receivers. Uh, but I'm look forward to seeing what uh, K, what uh, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Swift from Georgia, Jonathan Taylor can bring because I think they can bring something to a team. Uh, uh, Hilaire as well from LSU. Yeah,
2: I think those are all guys that'll be you know good productive backs. In the NFL, it's just a matter of when you start taking these guys, right? Like, is there is DeAndre Swift the only running back that's taken in the first round? Does J.K. Dobbins, you know, go early in the second? Where does Hilaire go? Where does Jonathan Taylor go? He's a guy that we focused a lot on on Chicago's college tailgate, just, you know, based on proximity and even in our Heisman uh, tracker that we would do. So, you know, a guy like him who can be a very productive backwood, a really productive season he was basically their entire offense. That entire year, it's interesting where he goes, do we get a run on running backs if some of these guys are taking You know, we're taking all these offensive tackles uh, early. Do the running backs come after that? Or have we just kind of learned that, you know, any of these guys, you can, I mean, look, it's pretty deep. People are saying how deep the wide receiver class is. This is pretty, I mean, even A.J. Dillon from Boston College was really good. Kashawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt had a good season. So all these guys are, it's still a pretty deep running back class as well, even though there are, you know, some real difference makers in that top four. So I think any of these guys at running back would be good, obviously, the bears don't need one uh right. i don't think they'll be spending one of their two draft picks in the second round on a running back. i would hope not could you imagine if we come in on friday and dude took a running back or on saturday and dude took a running back oh my god it'd <laughs> be something uh
0: so i got a minute left before for both of you so chris i'll ask you will the college football season start on time yes
2: or no no adam i can't wait for chicago's college tailgate in february well, that's not gonna work. Wait
0: a
1: minute, that,
2: spring, been, spring football, <laughs> football's a spring sport now. Oh, wow. You know, you know.
1: I've, here, here's here's why I said no, guys. Um, of all of the sports, college football teams have the most people per team, mm-hmm. and so I think the larger the group, the larger the logistics of getting people together, getting people cleared without a vaccine, and getting people quarantined just makes it so much more difficult. Plus on a college campus, you're bringing students and uh, collegiate athletes together from all over the country, all over the world, and getting those players to that location and then quarantining them I think is just uh, too Chris, daunting Too Chris, daunting of not, a logistical You're not thinking nightmare. of the money.
2: You're not thinking no, of the I money. Know, I, uh, I
1: understand money, but listen, if you want to roll
2: out seven-on-seven drills in the fall, then I'm all for it. Liz, no, 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 fine. no, no. What I'm saying is you can't bring college football back without students being there because then you're telling me that these college football athletes are not students. If they're there and school is not in session, how are they student-athletes? They're not students, and we should be paying them. You can't open up that Pandora's box.
0: Interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that will be a talking point, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, well, now, uh, Adam, let's turn to Chris now for the CCT scoreboard. Go ahead, Chris. No, I'm sorry. So we're not- Guys, t-
1: tonight, <laughs> uh, to update the scoreboard, uh, did you see that Trey Burton is uh, signing with the Indianapolis Colts? Back to you.
0: Well, thank you very much. And there it is. It's Chris Black and Adam Abdallah Again, <laughs> Saturday at 2.30. They will be there for uh, the last day of the uh, NFL draft. Check them out on ESPN 1000. And don't forget – Whenever we get college football back, you can always follow along at ESPN1000CCT. Gentlemen, I appreciate the preview. I'm looking, at, Even though it's somewhat sad for me because we invest so much time uh, financially and emotionally uh, in these players, now they're going to the NFL. So uh, I'm looking forward to the draft, and thanks so much for giving us uh, some of your time. Thanks, Thank y'all. you, sir. Thanks. It is uh, Chris and Adam with us here as we continue on with our NFL draft preview right here on ESPN1000. You love college football? You've come to the right place.
1: Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app.